And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Hi hey guys, we're here with Wayne in again. Um, just traveling the world all around. You've got a busy couple weeks coming up, right? You've got oh yeah, I'm good though. It's actually slowing down a little bit for me. It's kind of good. Yeah, we got. Well, you have. Yeah. Are you going to Tel Aviv? No, oh. that's why it's. I get that. I get that show off. Chael wanted to go to Tel Aviv. Wow, so you're. So they gave him the Tel Aviv show, and I went. Congratulations. Just watching him last night on the UFC broadcast just cracks me up. What's it? Who? Just correct. Chael. Oh, Chael. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's like the Teflon Don. I love him. <laughs> yeah, it Chael. Chael, Chael, Chael. <laughs> I swear, we, I, I have learned to appreciate Chael and working side by side with him. And just oh, learning yeah. how to, it took me a while to learn how to work next to him. And nothing against him, but it's just, it really was, it was a process. Like, you had, uh, like, if you're someone that works next to Chael, and even Jay, I think Jay kind of helped prepare me for this. You have no idea what's going to come out of their mouth. <laughs> so, when, when they kick it. That's, that's what makes him who he is, yeah, though. That's the best. But when they kick it to you, it's like, you better be on your toes. And if you're not on your toes, you're just, you're speechless. And a lot of times, you're left speechless. And yeah, because you're just sitting there like, what did you just yeah, say? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish I wish most of you guys at home could see or hear our rehearsals. Our rehearsals are hilarious because the things that we come oh. up with, because we're not, obviously not going to say a lot of the things that we say, but it's pretty funny that some of the stuff we, that we talk about and, and how the questions are asked and, and how quickly like Jay will stop and cut us off. Oh, that's great, but no one cares about your feelings. And, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's fun. I think it's, uh, it, he's de it's definitely one of those things where – You've got to get used to working with both those guys. And I, I feel like I've finally have started getting it down. I think there's a little bit more relaxation to it all. Um, you know, and I, I mean, you've commented a couple of times and I've had a couple of the guys from the production team tell me that you got, you've got a lot better, which is good. It makes me feel good to hear that from other people. Absolutely. So. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a chemistry and that chemistry is just starting to flow now. Yeah. And that's, that's the way it's supposed to be, but you got to look at it. Okay. Randy Couture just had his heart attack, yeah. right? I go to you and say, hey, Josh, we're going to do videos for Randy. And so you and me, we talk, and we're kind of funny when we say, but you know, you kind of came from the heart. I call Chael, Chael, get over it. Because Chael, if there's one thing he's always done, he's always talked about Randy with very high regard. He's the, he's the one guy that I can't beat, all that good mm -hmm. stuff. But I start to film him, and he's and I think he's going to sit there and say, Randy, you know, man, I, I heard, you know, you know, bud, you know, just get better or something like that. Nope. What does Chael do? Randy? <laughs> If you're going to do this, go all the way. DNR. Do not resuscitate. Don't do not do this halfway. All the way. <laughs> Just look at him like, dude, you're psycho. Man. He's funny as hell. We were doing like, and so for some of you guys at home listening to this, we were doing the rehearsals and, and we did a tribute to Randy, you know, because of the heart attack. It happened at Unbreakable at Jay's gym. And when we were doing it, Jay, go, Jay kicks the channel and Chael goes, man, all these years I've known Randy. I swear, now that he's not in the spotlight for fighting, he just do anything for attention. <laughs> Everyone just... <laughs> and Jay obviously is like, wait, wait, so you think he he had a heart attack for more attention? Like, of course he did. Of course he did. But I just... But you could tell that they have such a good friendship and a good relationship. And, uh, and uh, well, The best part is that he told Jay, dude, you got to change the name of your, brain, your, your gym to Breakable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 
<laughs> oh man, the stories we could tell. That's funny. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just you're not going to Thacker. You are going to Thackerville, but then you're, yes, you're not going to going to Thackerville this week. You're not doing Tel Aviv in London. So then I, I actually don't see you until Hawaii. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I get to see you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I, I to, you know, come on. Beautiful face. Beautiful face. Um, okay. So look, I just got back from Hawaii, and we did something that. Um, it looked like you guys had a huge turnout for that. We thing. did, we did. We ha- I was actually too many. No, well, we had you know we we <laughs> we actually capped it at two hundred and fifty. So they you know oh. we we put the we put the um <clears throat> we put the poster up while we were in Italy on a Thursday night, and by Friday morning we had over a hundred something people sign up. And so the time change though had made it. It was like we posted it at like two or three in the morning here in the states, and um. And so by the morning, there was like already 100. And so Rich and I looked at each other like, look, we're going to have to do this in groups if we're going to get, we kept getting more and more. So within two and a half days, we had 250. So we're like, look, we're going to have to cap this off because this this is our first one. We didn't want it to, we didn't want it to run shitty. We didn't want people walking out of there going like that was a joke. You know, we put these guys through the gauntlet this weekend. And, and I got to tell you, and you and I were talking off uh, before we even got on the, um, sort of recording, but there was all walks of life on that. We had, you know, we had the men, we had the women, but we had big guys, small guys, big girls, smaller girls. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was impressive to see. And also there was, a, there was a couple diamonds in the rough that we were like, wow, you guys are good. Where are you guys from? <laughs> no, we were just like, we, we knew we, we knew, you know, in, 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 when you're on an island, right? Everyone talks. The buzz there, you know the ones that are good. But we had people that flew in. Some flew in from Guam. A couple, I want to say one or two flew in from the Philippines. We had one from Australia. Like we had some that came in, just like, hey, this is my chance, my opportunity. And uh, we even had one that came from uh, from the mainland. So it was, it was kind of like, wow, this this is the first one and. People were really dedicated to, to making sure that they were trying to get out there to be in front of us. And it was it was impressive. And I think the way that we they were able to put it together there and the support mechanisms that, that we had there, you know, um, with Rich Chow being from kind of, you know, being always a part of the Hawaiian uh, culture. The Hawaiian yeah, MMA scene, no doubt about Hawaiian it. Hawaiian MMA scene for sure. He's been around that, you know, that scene for the longest time. But it was it was really fascinating. We had we had uh, one, two guys, I would say, that were in the 300-plus pounds, and we had people that were as sm- <laughs> as small as, like, you know, 118, 115, 118, 120, you know. So it was it was, uh, it was was good. I was very impressed. Good talent? There was a lot of good talent. There was – there was uh, – there was – we had already like – Rich, like Richard said, look, I kind of already have a good idea of, like, people, there's the buzz on the island about these fighters. And so we he kind of knew who was who already – but then we had a couple. I would say there was three or f- three or four that were not from there, but they had been training there, and the buzz hadn't quite got to everybody yet. And so when they started training, when we got to the grappling section of it all, you could tell how yeah. BJ Penn and Alimale and their grappling presence has had such an effect on what the, what people from the islands are learning. So sure, they've been known to be boxers and heavy hitters and those kind of things, but um. Man, their jiu-jitsu skills, a lot of them were very much on point. It was it was impressed. I was impressed. I was very impressed. And what I was thoroughly impressed by was we had a guy, he said he was 380, so he probably was 420. But we had an <laughs> So we we had a couple guys, you know, big Oh, he's my way class. Big, yeah, pretty close, pretty close, yeah. yeah uh <laughs> but he, he wasn't 75. So we <laughs> But we we had guys that it was a two and a half hour long workout 
and not once did they like go to the bathroom to throw up or did they say like, hey, can we stop? Can I get a water break? No one did that. And I was impressed because we went, there was moments in the grappling section. Sure, they looked tired. They looked exhausted. And for a guy who's, let's just say 380, you know, that's a lot of weight you're moving around. Plus another guy who's, you know, let's just say he's 300. We had some guys that were, you know, 320. We had some guys that were 270, 285. And they're all grappling together for a good 30 minutes straight. And we were doing like a rotate train kind of scenario situation. So you were getting a fresh guy every 30 seconds to a minute. Sometimes the matches went a minute. Like sometimes they went like 15 minutes, 18 minutes. And then the guy who lost had, and the guy who won both had to come back in right away with somebody else. I matched them up. And it was like, wow, they, they just, they never complained. Not one of them, not the, from the guys to the girls. None of them complained. They No, but they went away going that fucking Josh yeah. Thompson tried to kill and us. I'm, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. I'm okay with that because honestly, like for me, I always felt, and I've said this before, conditioning to me is the main factor when I'm looking at an athlete, when I'm looking at somebody is, Hey, did you come in shape? That's one. Two is if you can't get yourself to do cardio, you're never going to be the best. If you can't come in and you can't perform and and if you can't get yourself in shape, I can't rely on you to end up be eventually being a world champion because that's what's going to take. If you can't get past that mental barrier of, okay, I got to go run tonight even though I'm tired, I still have to go run. That's the type of shit that makes champions. Not not like, oh, I'm going to hit more. I'm going to hit more mitts or I'm going to shadow box more or I'm going to kick the bat. I'm going to do all the cool shit, the fun shit, the sparring. That stuff, sure, it's great. But if you're not in shape, it doesn't mean anything, especially when you're talking about a, a, a five-round fight for a title. Those are the things that I looked at. And when I saw all of those all of those athletes there, not, not one of them, they all looked exhausted, but they all still put on great performances. And I was, I got to tell you, the Hawaii, the, the Hawaiians came out and they did an amazing job. I was impressed. That's, uh, yeah, it's always good to hear because one of the things you try to tell young fighters all the time is, hey, this is if you want this to be your job, then make it your job. That means that you're in the gym, you're always in shape, you're always ready to go. If someone calls last minute looking for a fighter, and that's the fight that's going to get you to the next level, and you're prepared for it, take it because you know you're in shape. You don't have to worry. It's when you're not in shape that you go into a fight going, "I got to end this fast. If I don't end this fast, I'm in trouble." And then you're already fighting an uphill battle. So it's good to hear that those guys are in shape, man, because that's not easy. Nope. When you're a big guy, you're rolling a lot, you know, move, you're moving a lot of weight. It takes a lot of energy. You're burning it. Yeah, I was, look, I had some friends that hit me up like a week before, and they're like, hey, man, I didn't realize signups would be cut off. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, you know, and they're like, can you, could, you, <laughs> could you still get me? Is there a way I can get, still get in? And the, I'm talking about these, there's some, they're like, they're not super close to me, but I've seen them, you know, uh, but they played you know in like some they play they were drafted in like you know for for football high level football you know they were drafted uh in the nfl in the first round and then they were like yeah i want to come out to the tryouts you know i've been training i have two amateur fights i'm two and oh two finish i'm like all right cool i was like you know what let me see what i can do pulled some pulled some strings like sure calls me back he's like hey hey bro can i can i um He's like, you guys have gloves there? He's like, I don't have any any gloves. And I'm like, son, <laughs> I just told him, I said, hey, I just got you a tryout for the Yankees. I'm like, and you don't have cleats. F- figure it out. 
I was like, figure it there out. There you go. I mean, you can't you can't make people want to do it, and that's the thing. So when you're talking in that type of scenario and those situations, you gotta you you gotta want to do it. So people can only lead you there so much, and if you can't do the rest, then I'm sorry, man. Like you know. So I mean, I mean, he still came out. He was able to find and figure it all out, but you know, what I mean, he still needs a lot of work, and I mean. That's the process, though. This is the process of what needs to be. I, I really enjoyed what we're doing, and these, these were these were good things. These were eye-opening experiences, I think, for for myself, Rich Chow, you know, and uh, all the ones that were there. For, you know, Bellator evaluating the talent. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear, and I think it's something that needs to be done in a lot of different places. Not so much maybe the mainland here, but Hawaii. That's great. I think going into places. You know, England, Ireland, all of those. Yeah. We obviously I, I, have people in place to look at talent, but it's always good to put on those open workouts because you'll always find that one guy. He's You, you watch him and you just know, oh, this guy's got something special. Yeah. You think about that, right? You think about that movie Invincible. When they when uh, Dick Vermeil had the, the trouts for the Eagles and you know and, yeah. and he he found uh, what's his name Vince Papali and, and you just think about like there's that one guy who like sure he played ball a little bit in high school you know still kind of trains never really dedicated too much time because he had bills or he ended up having a daughter or a son you know right out of high school whatever the scenario situation was but they were always good athletes and they were good people and they trained hard and they loved it but just life caught them threw them a curveball and they couldn't get to that next level and I was yeah. I was using that same scenario when I was talking to the to ESPN Honolulu and I was telling them I said, "Hey, like we're here because you you never know the person that just that is like training at a gym that has all the let's say you train at Max Holloway's gym or Alimale's gym and you're training there and you're lost in the shuffle because all the the media and the press goes to the the the, the the more talented fighters, right? And the coaches of course lean that way as well cuz that's where Always. that's where their bread is what? that's where their bread's buttered. <laughs> So where are they going to make more money exactly. at? Exactly. So the other ones, they, they kind of get like, you know, just scraped over and left behind and just kind of forgotten. And so when they came out and we see these young, talented guys, we're like, all right, you guys, some of you guys shouldn't even been here. We should have probably signed you guys, you know, a year or two ago. You know, that's how talented some of them were. Like, wow, this, this is impressive. Like, especially when I was watching them, the transitions from the stand-up to the ground. I was impressed. I was. Yeah. And I think it's going to open the doors uh, for more for more of these to come. You know, and uh, we'll see where and what cities we're going to hit, what countries we're going to hit. Um, I think that without a doubt. And this is something, though, too, that everyone talking about the ultimate fighter. But <clears throat> this is this is beyond that ultimate fighter situation. This is we're really coming into your backyard and it's 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 open to everyone. When the ultimate fighter does it, they do it in in Vegas and you got to come to them. What happens if you can't afford it? What happens if you can't make the trip? What happens if you can't go ahead? You look like well. It's all. It's also what a lot of people don't understand, and it's not. I understand why. I'm not saying saying anything bad about it, but the Ultimate Fighter is also about what they call personality, mm-hmm. and they'll take a guy that's a great fighter, and if he doesn't have the personality that they're looking for, he don't make it. Yeah, he doesn't make it on that show, and and it's unfortunate. I, I've known quite a few guys that have been in that position. There good fighters and they just you know they don't they don't talk smack they don't act like you know a fool at times it's it's just not who they are and they're very quiet and because they're quiet they don't make the cut and i i've you know i sat down with certain guys i said look i know this isn't you you have got to be outlandish you got to be you got to be outspoken you got to be bold right he goes okay (laughs) he goes there and he doesn't do any of it (laughs) and he doesn't make it and i go 
what, what did I tell you? Right? He goes, I just can't do that. Right? Okay, it's all right, man. Yeah. You know, so it's nice. It's nice that personality isn't part of that. It's just your skill. Yeah. I that's a nice thing to touch on that story that you just told. I'll give you guys an example in the Ultimate Fighter One. Koscheck and Fitch and Bobby Southworth, all from AKA. Well, John Fitch was on that same roster. There you go. Got, Look who didn't make it. He, no, he. Look at the one guy. He, the best fighter out of yeah. all of them who didn't make it. He, he made it. Then they reviewed everything before they flied. He was actually at the airport about to get on the plane, and they called him and said, hey, we're not going to need you anymore. So I would imagine it came down to the personality at the very end. Because if you yeah. recall, that first show I think was probably the best one they ever had. With and they had some personalities there. We went with Chris and yeah and Josh, and it was like, okay, yep. But it, it's a big part. Personality was a big part of that show, and there's a lot of guys that may not have been the best fighters got on because they had outlandish personalities. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, you got to tell me when you were flying. I know in Hawaii and stuff like that. Did you get to see? Uh, two forty four. Did you get to see the 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 bad motherfucker fight? Yeah, I have it. I I I I <laughs> I, I, uh, I did. I saw the whole thing. I saw the whole okay. thing. And it's exactly. I gotta just be honest, one hundred percent. I is exactly how I thought the fight would go until the fourth and fifth round. I thought. Yeah. I thought had the fight gone on, and I had always thought that Nate was gonna win the fourth and the fifth. I didn't think that he was gonna um get as as cut up and hit as he did in the oh, so that's what I, I i i was with my son watching and before the thing he says who do you think is gonna win i go look both can win i go the the real thing i have a worry about nate cuts really yeah. easy and jorge is really good at being accurate yeah. and as soon as he starts to get a cut on him anything he lands a good you know shot a good elbow i go as soon as nate's cut he's just gonna start just yeah. cutting him up scissoring him up and I said, it's, I have this feeling. I don't know why. It's going to end up stopping on wow. cuts. What does it stop yeah. on? Cuts. Yep. Uh, too bad. You know, I, I, I watch that. And it, it drives me crazy because referees many times, and this is n n nothing on Dan. Dan did nothing mm -hmm. wrong. Absolutely zero. But people need to understand ringside physicians, they're doctors. And many of them, and New York is crazy heavy in the ringside physician has a lot of power. And that's because of what occurred with uh, Magomedov in boxing and the injury that he sustained. And they were sued and there was all kinds of stuff. So the doctors, you know, they're very doctor heavy. Guys get checked before. The referees have to actually have the doctor there when they're doing their rules briefings. It's just to the point of almost ridiculous in some ways. But, you know, as the referee... I can't tell you how many times I controlled the ringside physician. You know, I would have a guy that was cut and they'd be going, ah, you know, I think we need to stop this. And I, all right, hold on. I want you to think about this. We have, this is a big fight. Both these guys are fighting hard. Yes, he's cut. I see it. I know it's a good cut. These fans came here for this fight. Let's see if we can let him go another round because let's see what happens. If it increases in any way, I'll stop the fight, bring them over to you. Yeah. Right. And you do these things to kind of, because that doctor wants to take care of the fighter. That's, that's what they do, you know? And so they're always going to look and say, ah, and you know, and you can go and look Tyson Fury had his, his championship fight 
you know, in Vegas, and you look at the cuts that were on him. He had a cut on the eyelid. That's always bad. Okay, and then he had a huge one above it, and that fight went 12 rounds. You know, John Jones, when he fought Alexander Gustafson, you know, I had the doctor telling me, you know, we need to stop the fight. That fight didn't stop. Okay, and there's reasons why. And sometimes you've got to control that guy, tell him, hey, we're here working together. I promise you I'm going to take care of him. I'll bring him over to you. And it's unfortunate it stopped. It's totally within the doctor's right. Totally within. And Dan did nothing wrong. But I wish it would have been handled where someone was there saying, hey, let's think about this. Let's try to get him one more round yeah. if we can. Because, yes, he was cut. It's But those cuts are the, are the kind of cuts that we say are good cuts. Cuts that are going up and down, Yeah, those are problems. They're problems because they, they cross over multiple muscular structures. The ones that go like with the lines of my face, which are the ones that Nate had, he had one under the eye here and one over the eye here. Those are the ones that, for the most part, they're pretty good. Now, it can get so big you know, that it's a problem, but it's too bad that it stopped. But Masvidal did a fantastic job. He looked really good in that fight. He looked comfortable and in control for most of the fight. So I'm not saying the next round would have changed anything, but it was a good fight. Yeah, you were talking about the cuts that go with the lines of your face, and I was trying to think of which lines. There's a bunch of wrinkles, and I can't really tell which line. <laughs> well, you know, I tell people all the time. I go, yeah, take a look at me, man. I look like a Sharpe puppy, right? I got all these freaking wrinkles and stuff, but those wrinkles, you see that that's the lines of the face, and when a cut is running in that direction, it's usually a good uh, a cut that you can deal with. It's when it's running against it that we have the problems. You know, and gotcha. so, but you know, that, that happens, but there was other good fights in there. You gotta, I gotta hats off to Kevin Lee. What a performance yes. against a guy who's a stud in Gregor Gillespie, man. He, that kick, as soon as it touched him, you go, I went, Oh, he's out. Yeah, he, <laughs> and he's just going back, you know, end of the fence. Beautiful. So beautiful performance. Yeah. I, I said this before, um, with, I, I think we're going to make a shirt that says that too, where I said I said this before. Uh, <laughs> look, I think he just needed to surround himself with someone that could put the combinations and the two things together. There's No one's ever questioned his talent. And I think it's always been with him as well, though, is the fight goes on, does he tends to gas and conditioning, and it's the explosiveness. And we've seen that with explosive yeah. athletes before, and and, uh, and he's one of those guys. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a tougher fight for him. He looked phenomenal. I thought he he did everything he needed to do. But when you have a good coach uh, and out of a good camp, I mean, not saying he wasn't out of a good camp before, but, you know, he lost a lot. When he lost Robert Follis, he lost a lot. And I think it's hard yep. for people to, to readapt, re-get acclimated to, some, to, to another coach. It's hard. And I think he found – I think it seems like he found something there um, with Faraz Sahabi over there and uh, – and TriStar, I was trying to think of the name, for TriStar. And I think you see the way he is with his other fighters, from GSP to Rory to McDessie and all those other guys that have come out of that gym. You've seen how he is with those guys. And he cares, and he talks to them, I think, like they're adults, and they respect it. And I don't know, I just feel like he, that's, I think the potential of him being there is going to up his game so much more, so much more. Well, the one thing that we know about Faraz that I, I will always I'll argue to the last word about this, he's a great game planner. Now, people may not like that. 
he made because he made game plan for you to actually have what's people in the end look at as a boring fight. His job is to figure out the best way for you to win this fight. And he does a great job of that. You know, he you look at the game plan that Rory had when he fought Tyron Woodley and all the things he did and all that's game planning. And you look and you go, man, they they scouted him. They knew where he was strong. They knew where he was weak. And if you watch the way that Kevin was in that fight, there were certain things he was doing. First off, his stance was not his normal stance. His stance was very wide, so he wouldn't be taken down. But he also stayed in the pocket yeah. like he normally doesn't do. Kevin is a guy, when he get, he starts to circle out, he starts to pull his head. He, he's very athletic, and he just kept his head in the pocket looking for those, those moments that he was going to either counter or attack. And he was taking some shots, but he was not. He was doing exactly what he was coached to do. And that's what led to that knockout kick. And so I was very impressed that the way he handled himself, the way he handled a guy, that, you know, maybe some people don't know Gregor and how good he is, but his wrestling is yes, phenomenal. phenomenal. He's out of Edinburgh, man, and he is just a stud. Yep. And on top, he's a beast, and he's got a gas tank. And that was the one question mark in that fight is Gregor's got a real big gas tank, mm -hmm. and Kevin doesn't. Yep. Kevin burns out fast. So if that fight started to go past that, you know, minute, you know, that round and a half, sorry, first, first round, round and a half. Yeah. You were like, Ugh, that's that ends up looking like a bad fight for Kevin. If it goes to that point. So, you know, they, they, they game planned it right. And he performed very well. That's the other thing. Look, there's been times where my coaches told me like, this is the game plan. We're going to follow the game plan. And I got in there and none of it, I did not I did none of it. I did absolutely none of it. And the fight was That's the worst way part about harder. being a coach. The the <laughs> fight was way harder than it should have been and some of those fights I ended up losing. Yeah. And I ended up losing. The um but the fact that he was able to implement the game plan, do exactly what he was supposed to do, the coach was that I think that sets the standard of for like hey at least you know you have a fighter that is coachable and you have a fighter yeah. that is willing to take advice from someone that he barely knows to be honest like he knows i'm sure but like now he nah not enough not enough all he knows is he's a good athlete now and he's listening to me and mm -hmm. but he'll get to know him and then things will, will change and improve from that point i agree i agree I, like I've, I've always i've talked about kevin lee in high regards all the time i truly I'm really impressed with all of his abilities, not just his abilities, but his power, his explosiveness, all the things that he can do. He just needs to up the fight IQ, and I think that comes from having a good coach that can help him do that. And I think he had that with Robert Fallis. He lost it with Robert Fallis, and then now that he's with uh, Faraz, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to elevate his, his uh, fight IQ even more. You know? Looking forward to it because the guy's, as far as talent, man, he's yeah. talented. And he's young still. Yeah, he is. We're 27, right? I believe he's 27. Is he 27 yeah. or is he 26? No, I th yeah, I think he's 20. I think he just turned 27. Or he, he, he might have turned 27, yeah. He is young. He's got a lot left in the uh, tank if he just does the right thing. He hasn't even hit his prime yet. I think for MMA, <laughs> no. you know, your prime is 27 to 32, 33, somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you get the, the old man strength mixed with, you know, the years of experience and Man, he's talented. So I think the sky is the limit for him. I thought it was a great dominant performance for him. I'd like to see how he progresses in the conditioning department later on in well, after working with Faraz for a couple um, 
for a couple fights. Yeah. What else? What else on that card uh, impressed you? Then, 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 okay, then let's switch it. When we talk about that old man strength, and we talk about getting older, Stephen Thompson had one hell of a performance. Yes, he did. Yes, he just did. phenomenal. You know, I actually thought uh, Vicente Luque uh, he won the first round of that fight, mm-hmm. and then Thompson just put it on him in the last round. You want to know what a ten eight round? Go ahead and watch that round. That's a ten eight round. In fact, you're texting me. I'm going, yep. And uh, just, man, he hit him with everything. And you got to, the, the body shots that Luque took and the toughness that he showed, because at times you could see that he was hurting so bad. And, you know, and not coming forward, not throwing, but just waiting. And you're going, man, I know you're dying right yeah. now. I know that sucks. And that, that kid is just a stud. He's going to be special. He already is. But Thompson definitely showed, you know, he's still there. Yeah, He's got a, a style that, you know, he's fun to watch. And when he gets uncorked and he starts throwing stuff, man, he's he's all over the place. And, you know, he's just slipping punches just by a little bit at times. You're going, oh, if that would have touched. But he's always slipping them. So he got touched some, but, you know, he, he showed a good chin. Yeah, that that fight was a little concerned. I thought maybe potentially the ref could have stopped it somewhere in the middle of the third or maybe like towards the beginning of the, the end of the second. There was some shots and sometimes well, you're talking about Luke when he was there was times he was just covering up and taking the shots and not not really throwing back. And then when he got yep. pushed to the fence, he would do the same thing. Like S- Stephen Thompson was actually get, letting him off the hook. Yep. Well, that's that that was the problem. Steven Thompson was backing off. And I didn't understand. So when you're the referee, and now you got a guy who's backing off of, he's taking away, he's not giving you that ability to stop that fight based upon your stopping use. And, and as the referee, you're going, you son of a bitch, God damn it. You know, because you want, you don't want this guy to take more abuse. And then he backs off and you go, ah. And you're looking for that moment that is going to be the right moment for you to stop it, and it just didn't didn't occur for him. But you know, just a gutty performance by Luke and a beautiful performance by Stephen Thompson coming off of a you know a rough loss in his last fight. You know he showed he's you know he does have a chin. He just got hit with a great shot by Anthony Pettis to put him out, but he uh, he really performed well because I was wondering if he was starting to tail off in the speed department and the ability to you know, avoid shots the way that he does. He still got it. Yeah, I, he de- he definitely has it. That's for sure. So no, he de- he definitely has it. He still has the range. I like how he kept switching. I liked some of the spinning attacks that kept uh, Luke at, at bay at the moments that he was starting to kind of gain ground and build. It seemed like he was kind of building a little bit of confidence. But then when Steven started hitting him with some good stuff, he kind of wilted back down a little bit. It was like okay, and the fight just was taken to him um i just was i wanted to ask you about that do you think that potentially he could have stopped the fight somewhere yeah in that fight i i actually had uh someone well, someone from the new york state athletic commission you know texted me during right after and said hey what did you think could he have stopped I said, you know and i'm being honest i said keith peterson is a really good referee yeah. and he is and he's he's one of those guys that a lot of people complain that, oh, he stops it too early. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, no, he stops it at the right time. He sees things, he understands. And it was exactly what you're talking about. 
he's getting close and you can see him coming in and then Stephen Thompson backs off and he's like, God dang it, yeah. you know, and there's nothing you can do. There, there's there's those times when you want to come in and stop it and you're almost there and then the, the moment is just pulled right from you and you can't do it. And overall, yeah, he could have jumped in at a certain point, but I, I didn't have a problem with him not. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. I thought maybe there was moments in the third round where it should have been stopped. But like you were saying, Steven kept backing away and that was kind of the, the, uh, for a ref, it's one of those shitty situations, but, oh, it sucks. you did, I, you did bring up the, the Nevada, uh, not Nevada, but New York state athletic commission. And I want to actually talk about them as well, but I want to talk more in terms of the stoppage of Nate Diaz. Um, we had like a little glitch for when you were talking and I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it for a second. So the. Do you, I feel like the commission, when the doctor stepped in and stopped the fight, it's a relatively new sport in New York. Do you think yeah. these are the things that they talk about? Like, look, we are still trying to make sure that no one gets seriously injured. And they, they always do. Most commissions. Most commissions do that. But do you think because it's re it's really new in New York that they're still like, hey, we cannot have anything happen on our watch. Oh, they don't. Look, they don't want anything yeah. bad to happen. And. and the, the the worst part for the New York State Athletic Commission is this. The sport was illegal there for so long because they were the basically they were the remaining island, mm -hmm. you know, the last one. Yeah. And when the sport was legalized there, they they didn't have the ability to do any small shows. They don't do any small shows. Every show that goes in there is a big show. The smallest show they do there is the basically the PFL. Being in the Madison Square Garden, there's the theater, and then there's the Madison yep. Square Garden Arena. Yeah. And the theater is you know much smaller, and that's where the PFL puts their shows on. Yep. But it's still it's a bigger show, and it's on TV, and it's got you know media behind it, and so every show they do has got. You know, tons of media, if, especially if it's the UFC and then Bellator brings in a ton of media for them. So nothing they do or they don't get any practice doing things time and time again like a fighter needs to practice for the fight, like a referee needs to practice for what they do. The athletic commission doesn't get any of those times that, hey, we don't have anybody watching us. Every time they're doing something, a lot of people are there and watching, and that's why you're seeing these problems they have because they haven't had enough time and experience to go through those things in smaller shows like you get in a lot of other states. So it, it it's really unfair to them. You know, the person that's running the athletic commission and the executive director there is Kim Sumbler. And Kim is, she's outstanding, super smart, very conscientious as far as, you know, bringing in the best official she can, doing things right. She is outstanding. They couldn't have anybody there better for him. Wow. But she's trying to make sure that her inspectors, you know, she can't be there for everything. And again, you know, they had the weigh-in thing that yeah. that's what you wanted to talk. You want you wanted to clear Dan Cormier's name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with what Kelvin Gastelum did. And uh, you know, you tell me, do you actually think they were cheating there? I, I actually didn't see it to be honest. I'm sorry. I, oh, you didn't I see didn't it, okay. See it. I'm yeah. yeah. I'll have to pull it up and look at it. I I don't want to speak on something that I didn't get a chance to see, but 
everyone was talking about it, and I didn't get a chance an opportunity <laughs> to take a look at it. But because uh, I was flying during the time the weigh-ins were going and stuff like that down to Hawaii, and then yeah, yeah I, I I heard it was bad though. Oh, there's no doubt he was cheating, dude. <laughs> It's like, why do you have your train? Why is your trainer like standing over trying to look at the scale? You can look at it in front. Yeah, you don't have to be behind him. What do you want to see his ass? Wow. And I love Rafael Cordero. Hey, again, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You got away with it, but it may come back to bite him in the butt because they're gonna look into it and they're gonna ask you know people's opinion on stuff. And you can see there, there no, no doubt. There's some contact there, and all it takes is just a touch to take a pound off. Wow. He weigh, Why would a guy strip down naked to weigh in at 184, two pounds less than he had to weigh? Come on, wow. man. I'm telling you, it ain't good. Yeah, so do you think potentially there'll be some some consequences for that or fines? I do think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to take I, a look at it. When, when I, I talked to this. them again. I said, take look, look at it. You know, when you look at it, Look, you know, look and see what went wrong, and they're gonna know what went wrong right away. The fact why is the athletic trainer going behind the athlete? No one should be going behind the athlete. That's no one's that it, that's dead zone. No one goes there. No one's around them. Now there's you know they're saying, well, good. Then the guys get to use the hoop of shame that the women use. You know, <laughs> they got that hoop <laughs> yep. that they put yep. over them. Well, the guys are now gonna be using the hoop of shame because. They're going to make sure that nobody's around that fighter. And, wow. you know, you got to figure out, okay, if that's what we have to do to make sure this never happens again, let's look at what happened. Say, yep, it happened. We were wrong. And this is how we're going to fix it. And let's move on. That's all you can do. Speaking of Gaslam and then uh, Darren Till, I got to tell you, I knew Darren Till was big for 170. I had <laughs> no idea that he was that He's huge big. for 170. Yeah, dude, he made Kelvin look small. He was enormous compared to Kelvin. I thought for sure him and Kelvin would be about the same size because I never, I've met Kelvin. Kelvin's like kind of a you know stocky guy, but he's not super tall. But no, but he's thick. He's thick. Darren Till is enormous. He was enormous. He is, and he looked he looked phenomenal. I thought he fought a great fight. He fought good. Fought a smart fight. He, fought, he definitely, I think, fought better at that weight class. I, d I oh, definitely think he, he had gas. Why? Calm down. Go ahead and say Calm it, Josh. I want to hear it. Calm down with the Go and talk to me, issue. baby. Right, just let's talk about this just for a second. Tell me, why did he have gas? Because he never wrestled before in his life, and he doesn't know how to cut weight. <laughs> so when he gets to the weight he cutting. Sure stopped, he stopped every takedown that freaking Kelvin Gaslam wanted. Yeah, why? Because he, he has gas. Kelvin didn't commit to the takedowns. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Not everyone, not everyone cuts weight well, and not everyone can perform the next day. I mean, you have Khabib who cuts weight, does just fine, can performs at a high That's level. Right. You have some guys that can do it, and some guys can't. Um, I just, I think, I, now knowing and seeing that his body size really is that big, because I mean, he was fighting some of the other guys, but they were still some of the seventy pounders are kind of tall, but they're skinnier. You know, they, you could tell they're not as big as him when the fight when it comes to fight time. But at one eighty five, he looked good. He looked good. He physically looked good, and performance-wise, he I thought he looked good as well. I was I was impressed with. Uh, he, I thought he had a dominant performance. Um, I thought it was a good fight, but I thought I thought he should have won. Okay, how did we get a thirty twenty seven no idea. till a twenty nine twenty eight till which I kind of agreed with yes, and a thirty twenty seven Kelvin Gastelum? I have no idea what. That's New York. This is what you. Uh, well, sometimes you just look and you go, what are you giving credit for, you know? This is a, 
it's a crazy time sometimes when you're looking at what judges are giving credit for and it's like man damage who's hurting who who's the guy that you don't want to be in this fight kind of tells yeah. you everything you need to know to a point so but the last one is the johnny walker and Corey anderson Corey anderson not only beat up johnny walker yeah. he beat up he beat up kevin <laughs> mcdonald the referee <laughs> um can you tell me what this was all about as far as, you know, I, I think Corey is in that position where he's he was feeling disrespected. No respect now, from the UFC or from Johnny Walker? No, from, well, from the UFC, for one. He felt that the UFC wanted Johnny Walker to beat him. And, and you got to look and say, UFC doesn't care. Yeah, I'm just being honest. They don't care. They don't care if you win. They don't care if he wins. They get to promote whoever does win. So it really doesn't matter to them. It's not like that, you know, they're going to get more out of Johnny Walker than they're going to get out of you. They're not. It's your, you're using that and you're putting that in your head. Okay, you can do that. But if they're giving you fights, you know, you see, Corey was saying basically that he deserved a title shot against Jones. Okay. All right. Let's say that you do. I'm not saying you don't. But if you do, and they're putting a guy who is lesser than you as far as rankings or anything like that against you. How is that that they're trying to get you beat? Yeah. You, you got to look and say, if you go out and you perform, things good things are going to happen for you. You know, as, as easy as it gets, Jorge Masvidal, take a look at his record. It's not that no. great. All right. What's he doing lately? It's performing. Yeah. He's, he's going out there, putting on performances, and guess what? When you do that, all these things start to happen for you. Randy Couture did not have the greatest record in the world. BJ Penn. BJ Penn did not have the greatest record in the world. But when they, when they were at certain times, they were the guy in that big fight no one could stop. They were the guy that you know ended up winning that fight that always put them in that position where, hey, they could get those things they want. And all Corey needs to do is perform like he did against Johnny Walker. And all these things are going to come to you. All of them. And, and you deserve them. I like Corey Anderson. He's a, I think he's a good fighter. He's a tough fighter. But stop worrying about the promoter. Worry about you what you do. You worry about what you do. You take care of your business. Good things are going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. Imagine that. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit Go on ahead. this. Is that I don't think so much that they they want Johnny Walker to beat him. Sure, in mind, I think in their mind, like Johnny Walker is probably more marketable later on down the road for them. In the long term, they'll probably be able to make more money off of him in the long term just based off the style of which he fights. That's one. Two is the other thing is like with I'll give you an example. John Fitch. I think he won like seven or eight in a row before he was given a title shot. And yeah. you know, and there's guys that they win two or three, and they're like already in the top three. So we that kind of shows a little favoritism too, and they do that, and they do that, and that's their promotion. They do what the hell they want. But to think though, to to think that to think that like they don't want someone to win more than the other, to me is a little, is a little naive. I would say that they they ah uh, you know here, and this is why I tell you this. Long ago, I, I can tell you Dana was trying to pick, you know, who was going to win fights. And, and 
is never right, okay? Because he can't be. He can't be, all right? And so he learned long ago, you know what? This is real fighting. This is not the WWE. I cannot sit here and say who's going to win. And so I can't get into who I'm going to promote more. Obviously, in certain situations, he's going to promote the guy like, you know, a Connor that talks so well. All right, when you get a guy that's that talks that well, he's easy for you to promote. When guys give you things like sometimes Nate Diaz, even though Dana for how long said he's not a needle mover. Yeah, right. Well, obviously, obviously he's a needle mover. They sold six million dollars worth of tickets wow. for that show. That was a six million dollar gate. Guess who's a fucking needle mover? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's it's just true. be honest. You know, it really wasn't a title fight. You know, you could put the belt there and all, and all of that stuff. That's a non-title fight, and look at what it drew because of the people that were involved. I and so some guys help you in making it easy to promote. Some guys are not as easy to promote, but. Well, be, being, yeah. being a crybaby and whining about that you're not getting the fights that you deserve, that's not easy to promote. So I, I, That's not going to ever help no, you. No, it doesn't. It doesn't just not help you, and that's the one thing I can say is it doesn't just help you not doesn't help you with the promotion, but it also doesn't help you with fans. When you're, no. when you're the one whining about you don't get all the stuff that you deserve, those are things that make that just turns people off. Like, all right, yep. I'm not, when that guy's fighting, I'm not going to even watch. I don't even care. He's going he's gonna to grab the mic afterwards and complain about how he should be fighting for a title. You know, it just those are the people that they, they, they sabotage themselves. You know? Yeah. And, and we, to touch on the, when you talk about Randy Couture, I was talking about BJ Penn and, and their records. And when we did the trials this last weekend for Bellator, I told all the fighters that were there because we did some grappling stuff and some guys were taking, like, uh, they were playing it safe. And I said, look, this is this you we're not looking for someone to play it safe and so when when you see someone like Corey anderson uh fighting you you want them to go hard and get after it not play it safe and those are the guys that have the best records those are they're not always the are the, some of the guys that never played it safe like bj randy they 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 fought their asses off at all times they were trying to get the finish they were trying to get the work done those guys, they're not going to have the best records, but they're some of the guys that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. You know, I, re- oh. I, I re- no one's going to look back and be like, yeah, BJ was a fi- almost a 500 fighter. Radio Tour, he had like lost like what, 16, 7, 15 fights, 12 fights, whatever it is. You know, some, I mean, shit, I've almost lost 10 fights. Like people, every time I run into people on the streets though, all they say is, dude, your second fight was Gil was fucking amazing. They don't even because it was. They don't even say like, oh man. <laughs> they don't. They don't even talk about that I lost. They just say, dude, that fight was probably one of the best fights, if not the best fight I ever seen. That's all they talk about, you know. And so yeah. when you look back at people's career, like Muhammad Ali, and who had a lot of losses as well. I don't look back, and I just look back at the fights that he was looked. You don't even phenomenal. think about the losses. No, you think of a Chuck Chuck, yeah. Chuck Liddell, same thing. Dan yeah. Henderson, same thing. We think about all the the great moments they had, and um, so I think fighters, when you guys are playing, when they try to play it safe and things along those lines, in the long run, they're going to care about the ones that were the most exciting fights that got people up out of their seats while you were fighting. You know, you know, it's just like you're saying, Dan Henderson. Yep. If I say pick one Dan Henderson fight, go. Bisping. Which one is Bisping. it? Bisping. Boom. Everyone just about. It's two fights. Bisping Shogun. and Fedor. Oh, Fedor. Shogun. Shogun's another Shogun. one. Both, you know, you you can put Shogun in there, yeah. and those are the ones. You know, he won all three of those. Doesn't matter what he lost. 
That's the one thing about MMA though has that has changed people's minds because boxing got into this entire this model of oh we've got to get a guy to make him twenty and zero then we can promote him as oh he's undefeated and and then we'll see actually how good he is because we're gonna give him twenty cans yeah. you know MMA never did that MMA has been hey man it's sink or swim mm -hmm. and a lot of guys that are really good fighters have fought guys that are really good fighters early in their career. No one knew it at the time, but they have some losses to those guys, but they're good. I, there, you know, there's been a couple of guys. We had one in Bellator, you know, Joe Holmes, ugly Joe, ugly man, Joe. I love that. He's a good fighter. And his first fight was against a guy, a kid that's undefeated that it was still a, a close fight. You know, he lost, but I said, Hey, this is going to be a good fighter. This kid's good. Yeah. And his next next fight came out, performed well. That you're gonna have those, yeah. but that's the part of MMA. It's your performance. If you go out and perform and lose, no one's gonna hold it against you. In fact, how many times have we seen Jason Jackson against Ed Ruth? How much do you think Jason Jackson lost on that fight? Nothing. In fact, it probably elevated him because he had such a good fight against Ed, performed so well. Yeah, he got a loss on his record. That sucks. But Bellator says, dude, that was a great fight. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to put this guy against this guy now. And so just go out and perform. You perform, that's going to get you where you want to be. Exactly. Now, the last thing I want to talk about as far as um, this weekend's uh, UFC fight with the BMF, I, I felt it to be, and maybe I'm being negative. It possibly it could be. I, you? Come on. Me. Me. <laughs> I felt that they should have done the belt differently. It should have looked different than what their normal belt yeah. should have been. Yeah. I think it's kind of, it was almost like, oh, I, I like the black. I did. See, I, now, I thought, being the, great idea. It's cool. Look, I, I don't, and again, all right, here, I'm being negative. <laughs> I loved the, not the original UFC belt, but the one that Zufa brought yep. in that has been there forever. I love that yep. belt. I think that belt was cool looking. It was classy. It was just, as soon as you saw it, you knew. That yep. was the UFC championship belt. And I know they came out with a new one. I just don't like the new one. It yeah. just looks, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like modern architecture, I guess. I don't know. I guess you either like it or you don't, but that they copied it and it should have been completely different. It should have been completely different. But it, was, it looked good. I like the 244 on it and things like that. I like that it was like the the black look and the dark. It was perfect idea, but just not that belt. The reason the reason why I'm going with not liking it is because for the champions that do have the gold plated one or whatever it is, the gold version of one, it now you're just saying that I have the same belt as that guy. It's just a different color. That's yeah. it. and it's like ah, but he you know it's like that guy's not a champion. I'm the champion, man. He's the, I just felt like it should have it should have it should have been something else. I think it would have been awesome had it been like a titanium type belt like that that darker titanium look on the old style belt that said BMF like that would have been dope cuz it or or black with that old style yes. belt. That's that's cool. Yes. Because now now yeah, it's completely but. different and it's what maybe it's like okay look we got rid of we got rid of the old belt and we replaced yeah. it with the new one that we think is better. Now we're going to give you guys this one, you guys Yeah. And it just I, I think as if I was the champion, I'd have been like, wow, that re that's really just my belt, except it's a different color. That's all it is. Yep. And so <clears throat> that's my one. Got different initials. Hopefully that's my one. Different initials on yeah, it. Yeah, just my one yeah. negative thing, I think, for today. I'll probably, 
I don't know, there'll, there'll probably be more. Never mind. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my last thing on the on the the fights for this weekend. I thought that I thought it was a really good card. It was stacked. It was good. A lot of the guys performed really well. I'm very happy for Kevin Lee. Um, you know, he needed that, and uh, I feel bad for Nate because I feel like he he always knew that the third, fourth, and fifth he needed to get some wins, even though he didn't win the third. I think in the judges' cards. But the fourth and fifth, for sure, he needed to press the pace. He was starting to touch uh, George yeah. a little bit more in that in that in that third round. And but the power and the strength was always going to be his weakness against Masvidal. The and the kicks also, and Masvidal with those body Man, those body kicks were and nasty. those body kicks nasty. Come on, dude! Yeah. A couple of those body kicks, I was like, oh, that that hurt me yeah. all the way here. Yep. That was he because you could see him just snapping that mm -hmm. kick. He saw the opening, wham, he hit it. I was like, oh, that hurt. Yep. You know, that, Nate Nate is just tough as hell. He's a savage, man. He is so tough, man. Yep. <laughs> he's he's incredible. But Nothing but respect for, the, for both those guys, for both the fighters. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, what else? What else was there that we needed to talk about? Canelo. Yes. Did you yes, watch? Yes, I did. Canelo and Kovalev? Yes. Um, let me, how, how did you have it on the cards before he got the knockout? I had Canelo win. Did you? He was winning up to that point. Yeah, I, I had Kovalev winning the first couple of rounds, and then Canelo took over. There was there was one round, I think, like about the eighth or ninth. Yeah. I think I had Kovalev winning, and then from that point, yeah, Kovalev was you know he, he was he was shooting that jab out, but he's not hitting a a target. Yeah. He's hitting gloves. Yeah. He's hitting arms. That's not a scorable <laughs> target in boxing. So, yeah, he's punching, he's hitting something, but it's not hitting that target that I'm going to give him credit for. And uh, just Canelo, it, it was it was evident from the beginning when Canelo started backing him up. And I thought going into the fight, n no disrespect, I love Kovalev and have watched him for a long time, but I thought Andre Ward broke him. Yeah. And just uh, that second fight that Andre had against him, you could just see it was gone you know and, and that's what happens all of a sudden one fight will change who you are mm -hmm. and i thought i said if if kovalev is not moving forward creating a pressure on canelo making him work hard he has no chance yeah. canelo will just piece him up and i think that's really what he did because you know, the last shots that he hit him with they were clean man <laughs> you take a look you know what hurt him and then what put him you know put him away and it's yeah, it was a nice performance by Canelo. You got to give him credit, man. Moving up, you yeah, know, it's not easy to move up because the power transfers differently, yeah. and your ability to accept how many blows. But Kovalev really wasn't able to hit Canelo with that many shots. No, he he was touching him, but not like anything that was really doing anything to make him move. Like you said, a lot of them were glancing the gloves. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of them were glancing the gloves, and they weren't glancing the gloves. They weren't. They were hitting the gloves clean and not really hitting him. I agree, yep. but the thing that always kind of has bugged me about Canelo, and I'm a huge Canelo fan, is that sometimes he comes in, he's very lackluster and and just takes rounds off. Almost like he just doesn't throw anything, he thinks he's going to get the round because he throws one or two good shots and they land, and they land hard. But that bugs me because you don't know if you're giving away too many rounds, had he, got not, had, he, had he not got the knockout, did you give away too many? For me... I could see the fight going the other way only because he wasn't active in a lot of those rounds that you're saying you gave him probably because 
he landed the harder, cleaner shots, but he only landed seven or eight of them hard, clean. Doesn't matter. Versus the, you know, when, when you're when you're scoring boxing and you're yeah. landing the cleaner, harder shots, and that guy is not he, he's he's throwing things out, but they're not touching a scoring target. Yeah. You're not scoring. Not all judges see it that way normally. <laughs> just just being honest. Uh, just being honest. Um, what was that? All in all, I look. Well, here's the thing, though. Where does Canelo go from here? Potentially Triple G. I would imagine they'll do a third fight. I just don't. You and I talked after uh, Triple G's last fight. It was a tough fight for him. And I think, I think yep. you scored him losing the fight, actually. Is it, am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, you had him losing the fight. I, I had it even. Even, so. I had it even at the end. Okay, so even at the end. Um, they can, and that was with him getting a 10-8 round in the first round on the knockdown. So I had Dervonchenko or what I, yeah. however I say his name. I had him winning more rounds. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, like, realistically, where do you go? Canelo now is on the rise. I feel like he's finally found where he needs to be in his body. And... His technique is just getting so much better here and there. His confidence obviously is growing through the roof. I would hate. And there's a different, there's a difference in age and speed now, man. Triple G showed in his last fight he's slowing down. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and as soon as you slow down, man, the the wolves are there, man. They will just tear your body apart, and that's what happened in his last fight. And Canelo's the one that kind of wrote the. The script on, hey, he likes to go to the body, so go to the body on him. And I, I, I've watched Triple G's, you know, for a long time, and I love him as a fighter. I know him. That's just not a good fight yeah. for him if he, they end up putting that fight back together. Let me ask you this: You think there's a potential Andre Ward coming out of retirement? You know what? On that fight, I was like, man, if Andre Ward's going to come back out of retirement, but if I'm Canelo, I say. Get the fuck out of here. You're retired. <laughs> but it's that money fight. You know what I mean? I don't really see any other money fights for him. Like For who? For Canelo. Who, what's a, give, me, give me some other What guys. are you talking about? Hold on. Who else? Canelo is sitting on the second fight of a 10-fight contract with the zone that pays him $35 million per fight. Why the f would I fight Andre Ward? Super if I'm Canelo, I'm not fighting that some bitch. Okay, ain't, ain't gonna happen. Okay, dude, get me somebody else. There are certain guys out there, you know, when you watch them fight, Andre Ward just presents problems because he can fight everywhere. He's not that guy, you know, there's certain guys, you know, Floyd does not fight usually well on the inside. All right, he lacks in certain areas when you're watching him. He, from the outside, just picks guys apart and then closes the space, gets a clinch and allows the referee to come in. Now he separates, puts him back to the outside. Andre Ward beat the piss out of Kovalov fighting in a phone booth. Yeah. And he can do that. And then he's, you know, he beat guys like Chad, beat Chad with distance. He can just fight everywhere. He can fight any style at any distance, and he's effective, yeah. and he's hard to hit. You know, when you, when you can't hit that target, it becomes a rough, rough night when he's hitting you. And not a whole lot, you know, Kovalev put him on his butt. You know, he got him with a good shot. Yeah. But Andre's just got that one thing, you know, inside him of he doesn't get mad in the fight. He doesn't get angry. The only time I ever saw him get angry was against Rodriguez, and they were fouling each other back and forth. But he just is like, all right, you got yours. I'm going to get mine. 
and he just waits, and then he unloads, and he gets it, and hasn't been beat since he was 14. That's crazy. There's a reason. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good. Yeah, he definitely um, <clears throat> he can make you miss and then counter and hit really and hit you back. And that's one thing I was yeah. always thoroughly impressed. He's just right up here in Oakland, so he's right by us. And he used to spar with a couple of our guys from AKA. Uh, one of our guys was with uh, Goose and Tudor, and uh, it was uh, Ricardo Cortez. And I used to be like kind of his strength conditioning coach kind of person that would work with him. And uh, Wardies would come in and spar with him, and he would just they would get into it every once in a while, like let's throw the gloves off kind of scenarios. But but Ward was the guy who's obviously the superior boxer. You know, he just oh. touch, 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 touch. He's like, no, I'll get you next round. Don't worry, buddy. I get you. And he did. He did every time. He got Ricardo's ass in the next, the next couple of rounds. He's like, go ahead, say something to me. I'll get you the next couple of rounds. So, yep. um, yeah, I agree. $35 million uh, a fight. Sure, that sounds wonderful. Um, but why would I Why yeah. would I fight Andre Ward, yeah. man? It's like, if I fight him and I get more, all right, maybe that's, you that's know, the it goes thing. up to, I get... I double up, I get seventy. Okay, I'll, I'll fight. I would it. imagine that would be a fight you could renegotiate outside that contract. If probably for, for if, it would only help and benefit the zone. You know what I mean? So, oh God, yeah. So if you just to have someone like Andre Ward fight, maybe you just tell Andre Ward like, hey, it's a one fight deal. Whatever the scenario is, it's a one fight yeah. deal. You know. Anyways, I, I, we're just we're just spitting shit right now. We're just the the hopes of, of a fight like that happening <laughs> would be amazing. Um. The one, the, what was the other thing? I, I lied. I lied. I'm going to talk about the UFC uh, also, but not so much about the fights. President Trump was at the, oh, was at, uh, yeah. was at the fights. What's your what's your take on the scenario? Uh, what's your take on, you know, did you watch any of the, Dana's responses and anything like that? Did you see any of that? No, nah, I didn't see any. Okay. Didn't see any of his responses. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. You know, and it's. It's as simple as this. Back when Zufa came in, mm-hmm. you know, the first show that they held was at the Trump Taj Mahal, the, the Mark Edis Arena for UFC 30. He went back there for UFC 31. And Trump was, he was there. Mm-hmm. You know, he actually helped promote it. I mean, as far as, you know, he didn't, it's not like he was out there doing it, but he, you know, he helped Zufa. He helped them become successful. And I think Dana has always been a guy that, you know, he's loyal to the fact that, Trump helped him and I don't give a damn if you like Trump or not. You know, the fact that the president of the United States on that night was at Madison square garden watching MMA. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. MMA, you know, that you can sit there and say whatever you want. He could have been at the Canelo fight. No, he was not. He was watching MMA in the garden over all the other sports that were available. That's a, that's a nice night for, the sport of MMA for the promotion of the UFC, all of that. Hats off to you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's um, like like I said, like all everyone's political beliefs aside, I agree with you 100. percent It should have this. This is amazing. Amazing to have the pres the sitting president right there. You have to understand yep. how much how much goes into him being in an open arena like that, a stage oh. setting like that, <laughs> sitting cage side. How much how much work that has to be be done oh it's security wise yeah. it's great and i i did i did notice a couple of times the secret service guy standing up mm-hmm. during the fights and i was like okay man if i paid that seat 2500 5000 whatever that seat is <laughs> and i had that secret service dude i'd be throwing stuff saying sit your fucking ass down man <laughs> i paid for this i want to see but uh, you know. that's fun yeah i mean i think as as a fan um 
as a fan of the sport, it's huge, you know. And for those guys, for for all the athletes that got a chance to fight in front of him and uh, leave a lasting impression, I thought it was huge as well. Yeah. And uh, look, it's it's. It's a it's a it's a memory that people that we're gonna tell for the rest of their life. Their grandchildren and their grandchildren will say like, my grandfather, my great grandfather fought in front of one of the city presidents. Like they went to yep. to my great grandfather's fight or my grandfather's fight or my dad's fight. That's fucking pretty damn cool, man. And here I, I am. Like, I like you know, the fact he I'm wasn't there just the, for the, the one fight. UFC and, and he was there. Yeah. For the fights. Yep. You know, so I mean, I'm still holding on to the to the original EA video game that I was in f for Strike Force and all the other UFC games that I've been in. So I can, when I have kids, I can show them those videos. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, Hey, look, I was in a video. <laughs> I was in a video game. I mean, it'll be it's obsolete and the consoles are gone, but fuck whatever. I was in. There it. are no consoles. Yeah. So, but it'll be cool. There was some other stuff that I had. I think I had uh, sent over to you. Let me see if I can pull it up. Let me see. Talk to me. What was, let's see, we talked that, we talked that, we talked that. Um, was there any fights that stood out to you? That's what I want to know. Yeah, you know, I, I thought, uh, I'll tell you, Burgos, Shane Burgos, mm -hmm. you talk about a fight that could have been stopped. Yeah. That fight that he had, and I can't think of the guy's names, you know, Argo, Argoman, whatever it is, that fight and then the uh, uh, Edmund uh, I can't think of Edmund's last name. I can't say it right. Sharpazian, whatever. He's from California. He's, you know, he, he's he's actually putting a Glendale Fight Club back on the map where Ronda Rousey used to train. You with know, the same coach? Fought, uh, with the same coach? No, okay. not, not exactly the same coaches, but uh, Brandon Tavares, you know, he put Brandon Tavares to sleep. Yeah, I saw that. With that head kick, man. And Brandon's, you know, we all know Brandon's a tough guy. You know, he's, he's, he's a gamer, and Edmund is, uh, that kid's going to be good. He's young, and he's good, and he, he, he basically put everybody on notice. Hey, I'm for real. You know, not a whole lot of guys. I think uh, I watched, you know, Brandon go five rounds with Adesanya. Mm -hmm. He couldn't put him away, you know, so it's uh there that's a, that was a, that was a telling fight, but I really like the, um, that Burgos fight. Burgos just started hunting his opponent. Just you could see just the body structure and how he was going after him. I was like, man, he knows I've got this guy, and just beat down a very good fighter. And he's he's, a, he's an impressive guy. Good. Yeah, I I um I think outside of all those, like the um the only fight that I was really was Corey Anderson and the Johnny Walker fight. Those were the only two that I thought, I thought there just had to be a lot of surrounding it, getting with all the media coming up to it. And a little bit of the, like you, we were talking about earlier with just the, the negative comments of like, you're not promoting me. You're not doing that. Um, that, and then the standout performance, I thought ultimately the standout performance of, of the whole show was Kevin Lee. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. hands down Kevin Lee. And um, other than that, no, I think that's it. You have, uh, you've got Thacker Thackerville this weekend. Yep. Yes, I do. I Everyone know. should go to Thackerville. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't been to Thackerville. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> who is uh? What what card is that? Uh, that's going to be Bellator two thirty three, and it's got the main event is John Salter against Ooh, your your guy, guy. Costello Van Steenis. Yep. Yeah, that's a good fight. You know that that's one of those ones. So, 
people do not give John Salter the credit nope. he deserves. That dude on the ground is a monster. Until he faced Lovato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, everything's about levels. And, you know, you look and you go, there's only a couple guys that I've seen actually stay with Lovato on the ground. And, you know, Lovato is a, he's a savage when it comes to the ground. But, man, Stinas is really good everywhere. He comes from, you know, the Musasi uh, camp and got good stand-up. But there's, if you look, there's a couple of holes there. Chris Honeycutt, you know, he exposed a couple of little things when he had his fight. Then Van Stienis came back and looked fantastic against Mike Shipman. But this is going to be a good fight. And Van Stienis can win it, but Salter can win it. And I always like those fights where I look and I go, man, each guy's got to implement their game plan and do it the right way. If they do, they're the guy that's going to walk with it. I'm a big fan of Van Stienis. Uh I, I like his fighting style, like the energy he brings. Uh, very quiet, very humble, and just it's fun. But the thing is, Salter, I think, just is that, that little bit of a level above. I think it might be too soon for Van Stienis, especially just for the grappling department and something. Now, if he can take the fight to Salter and keep him on his heels and stuff the takedown, which I'm not sure he can do for the full three rounds. That That's, that's, that's the, the thing that scares me the most because – if once he does get him down, he's gonna be able to do some work. I think to Vastinus. Vastinus is someone that will he'll chase a submission or whatever, but he doesn't always try to get back up to his feet. He'll chase the armbar, the triangles, but then he's okay with sitting down there as he kicks you back, waiting you kind of come back in. I'm gonna try to attack again. Get back to your maybe he maybe he'll focus more on getting back to his feet. He is not gonna be able to be on his no, back against Salter. He doesn't want to be. Doesn't want to. He's be. on his back against Salter. Bad things are happening. Um, Simple. Talk to me about who else on that card. Well, as far as, you know, there are a couple fights that I'm looking for. You got you got both of the Fortune brothers. You got Tyree and Tyrell. Tyrell is going to be, uh, he's on the main card. Tyree is on the uh, undercard. But, you know, Tyrell Fortune, he's the real deal. And he's he's fighting uh, Azuna. And I'd want you, I'd want you, ah, damn it. And, and Yan Wu, there you go. And Yanwu, so Anyanwu comes from the UFC, very heavy striker, big, heavy hands. Tyrell Fortune being a great wrestler, but a guy that now his hands are really good. He's training with Bader all the time. He's with uh, Trevor Lally out of uh, Arizona Combat Club. He's looking good. Yeah. And if he, he, makes, he, he ends up winning this fight and makes this step, it's... Uh, it's on to the big boys. He, he's gonna. He's reached that upper echelon of the heavyweights, which, as you say, there's always not. There, it's hard to find that great heavyweight. Yep. But I think Tyrell is. He's one of those guys, and he, he's gonna be tough to beat for anybody. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we got. You gotta take him up a little bit, sl- a little slow, because you don't. With the heavyweights, a knockout could happen at any time. You don't want to ruin them off the bat. But I feel like this is a good step up in competition for him, like you were saying. And if he gets through this and he has a dominant performance, there's no way you can hold him back any much any further. You gotta let yeah. you gotta let him start fighting the bigger names, man. The Javi Ayala's, yep. the you know, yeah, like those kind of guys. You know, the Frank Mears and the he's he's seven and zero right yeah. now, so he's, it's getting there. You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, a dominant performance will send him to the. To the Matt Mitrione and the Javiala and the Frank Mir yeah. and, the, and that kind of fight. So those, whew, better be ready, buddy. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, it. that's good. Yeah, we've got a couple of AKA guys on that card as well. We got Kyle. Yeah, you Kyle Crutch. Quite a few. Chuck Campbell. Chuck Campbell. Yep. 
Nobody knows about Chuck. He's good. How come nobody knows about Chuck? Because he started really late in the sport. He's 35, 36 years old, I believe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, somewhere around that age. But he's, he's a good athlete, he's a man. Good and athlete. he's long. Yep. And he's he throws really good shots, man. He's he's good. He's figuring out the game. And then you got... What's he's that? figuring oh. out the game. Yeah. He's he's putting it yep. all together. What I like is he owns he owns a gym in uh in San Jose. It's, it's actually in Sunnyvale, but he puts the work and the effort in. Like he's like, look, we knew when he when he got signed to Bellator, we're like, they're probably not going to build you. You're 35 years old, 36 years, whatever. You know, you're they're not going to try to make you a superstar. But he went out there and had dominant performances. ESPN had him on as one of the knockouts. Like he had a, he had a, a phenomenal knee knockout in one of his fights. His here, last yeah, fight in San Jose, yeah. and you yep. know ESPN had it on the top ten highlights, and it was I mean that just catapulted him like you know into our eyes as being you know he's phenomenal and super nice guy, just unbelievably a nice guy. Yeah, and then you got Kyle uh, Crutchmer from Oklahoma State University as a wrestler. Yeah. I know he's a guy that you've worked out with. Yeah, he's so. super explosive, hits a beautiful duck, nice double leg, but he's uh, someone that's putting it all together, you know, and uh, he does really yeah. well. He's DC's kind of like boy, you know, he's like kind of DC, the Duran Wynn and, and, and Kyle Kretschmer are like the ones that the DC was very heavy on bringing over to to AK when, when once he became champion, like, hey, I want to get these He's guys got that over. OSU tattooed on his, you know. Yep. <laughs> that he's tattooed yep. in his heart like DC, so of course DC wants him over there. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Outside of that, outside of that, um, who else is? Uh, oh, Romero, uh, Romero Cotton. He's on there as well. Romero Cotton. Romero's got a tough fight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Romero's a guy that super athletic, great wrestling, but you know, I believe it was his first performance in Bellator. You know, he got he muscled his way out of a lot of submissions. You know, because he's strong yeah. and he's a you know, he's a tough guy. He's going against a guy. If he gets caught early in a submission, he's in trouble. This guy is one of Lovato's students, and he is. There's certain guys that transfer their jujitsu over into MMA just better than other guys, and this guy transferred. He's got three losses, but he's got two losses off of injuries. You know, tore his shoulder out, has had his arm drop out. They stopped the fight on him. Knee injury, stopped the fight on him, and so he's actually way better than what his record looks because he's three and three but the guy's good yeah. and romero is good and romero's three and oh right now in his career but romero's the better athlete he's got the better wrestling this guy's got the better submission game so romero needs to figure out where do i want to fight with this guy because he's long he's six foot four wow yes and so you know in the stand-up romero's gonna have to figure out you know he's got to move his feet to you know get in and out of range yeah. and, and keep himself from getting hit. But it's an interesting fight too. You know, Leslie Smith is fighting on it. That's another one. She's going against Arlene Blenko. And anytime Leslie Smith fights, she just keeps walking forward. Yeah. And Blenko is a, comes from a boxing background and she likes to, to stand and bang. And so the only girls that have ever beaten her, are the ones that are wrestlers that take her to, you know, take her to the ground, the Julia, but you know, Julia, Budd is, I think got two wins last one, you know, a split decision, wow. but Arlene Blenko is tough, and Leslie's tough, so that's going to be a great fight. Just a great fight. Yeah, I love watching Leslie Smith fight. I'm gonna yeah, so do I'm I. gonna tell a quick story about uh, Cotton. Romero Cotton came in, and we I had never met him before. I was training at AK, and um, I think I was getting ready for the Patricky fight. I think it was the Patricky fight, and I'm like, hey man, nice to meet you. You know, you know, I, I could tell he was very green. No, no fights or whatever. 
I said, so when are you fighting? And we, I'd watched him train. He was like, he was tired. He was sitting out against the wall. It was between rounds. It was like, we'd only done like three or four rounds. He's like, yeah, I'm fighting this weekend. I'm like, <laughs> it was like, where? <laughs> like, where are you fighting? In your backyard? <laughs> he was gassed out. Like, and it was just, it was just funny. He's like, no, I'm fighting in Bellator. I was like, I was like, okay. I, I didn't know what to, okay. I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, okay. And um, I talked to Bob. I was like, oh, no, he'll be fine. He, he's a real good wrestler. He's super athletic. He's just tired because it's been a long week. And I was like, okay. But he, he did. He ended up getting the win. But it was just my first mindset. I said, Bob, like, he's like, yeah, he did get tired. But he pushed through. He fought through the fight. Oh, he got tired. Yeah, he was gassed in that fight is what he said. But He was gassed in that fight. And he really only had, I want to say he really only had four weeks for the fight. Um, some stuff had happened and uh, like family stuff. And so he wasn't able to get out to, to AKA to do a full camp. And I felt it, he learned a lesson from that. And he's he's been phenomenal, I think, ever since. And I and I know that Bellator's high on him because we were. I was talking just recently with Rich Chow. Like, I like the improvements that we're seeing out of him in just two more fights after his debut. And the same thing for uh, some of the other guys. You know, Ed Ruth, same thing. I love his improvements coming in. You know, first fight, second fight. You're like, okay, look, we see improvements. That's what they want to see. Yeah. You know, yeah. they want to see these things. So, like, when we did the uh, fighter, we call it the Bellator Skills uh, tryouts or evaluations uh, this last uh, weekend or yesterday in Hawaii. We're looking for people that have the skills. You'll progress and you'll get better with confidence and wins and and fights under your belt. So those are the things that we're, they were looking for, and it's good to see that the, you know the guys that I've trained with before, you know, getting their opportunity, their chance in a big show. So one thing about Romero Cotton, people don't know this. Romero Cotton spent time in prison. Mm -hmm. All right, he, and this is something that's important because you know he got in trouble for beating his mom's boyfriend up. Because his mom's boyfriend attacked her. And I like Romero Cotton. Good for you, Romero, man. You know what? Yes. You know, way, way, way to protect your mama. You know, because he actually went to college late because mm -hmm. he was in prison because of the, you know, he got sentenced and stuff. And sometimes life's not fair. You do the right thing, life's not fair. But he's making uh, the best of everything. He's a good guy. He's got a good backstory. I like him. And uh, any guy that, you know, beats the hell out of someone that touches your mama, you're okay in my book. I can agree with you on that, my man. I can agree with you on that. All right, we're going to leave it at that. Hey, great. Uh, you leave tomorrow or Wednesday? No, I leave Wednesday morning it's, early. It's, it's like almost a home a home field uh, game for you. You're so close. Yeah, dude, this is it's a one-flighter. <laughs> wow. When I get a what's called a one-flighter, yeah. Man, life's good. As fish would say, as fish would say, no hops. I got, I got a one hop right there. That's it. That's very nice. <laughs> That's it. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. Tune in on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on all of the forums, all the stuff. You guys, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Also, hit the thumbs up in the YouTube channel. That shares our videos to everyone that likes MMA, and we really like that because that's how we get a lot of our subscribers and people following our videos and our views up. So we truly appreciate it. You guys have been doing that, and we've seen our numbers rise, and we like that. We are very thankful for you guys. Also, if you... Appreciate it. Yes, we do appreciate it. Also, if you guys... Um, know anyone that does designs or anything like that. We're kind of looking for someone to design a potential shirt, whether any shirt you would like, and we can have a shirt company make it. We would like to try and get shirts made for our weighing in podcast. And you guys, please set over your designs. We'll have a uh, producer day post out a thing, um, for fan questions, as well as uh, an email address for you guys to send your, your drawings into big John, anything? No, man. All good. 
All good. All right, guys. Well, hey, have safe travels, Big John, and we will see you. Thanks, brother. I will see you next week after the show. I will talk to you soon. All right, my man. Take you later. All right, man. Later.